And I believe that Jesus wants to show compassion to people with HIV and AIDS. We can reach out and touch them with understanding and love and, and encouragement and forgiveness and care. And those are the things that we at He Intends Victory are dedicated to do. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our guest today is Bruce Sonnenberg of He Intends Victory, a ministry to those around the world affected by the HIV virus. We'll begin our conversation in just a moment. As we begin another year of ministry here on First Person, I'm very grateful to those of you who have responded to our various interviews over the past year. We're planning some important interviews in the months ahead and would appreciate your prayers for not only myself, but producer Joe Carlson and the many upcoming guests we'll interview. Our website is firstpersoninterview.com where you can learn more and we're found on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Well, it's been a few years since we first talked with Bruce Sonnenberg, the founder of He Intends Victory, which has a number of programs dealing with HIV and AIDS prevention and care. We lose sight of the fact that nearly 6,300 people contract HIV every day and that's why Bruce and those who work with him and support him are so vital. Today, we catch up with him since our previous visit. I've been a pastor for uh, almost uh, 43 years now. Mm. I've been privileged to serve the church and the lost and uh, you know, share the love of Jesus with everyone who will listen mm-hmm. and in any way I can. Uh, I have a family, uh, four kids who are all grown. I have 11 grandchildren. Um, but it was in the course of pastoring a church in Irvine, California. God made a, a right turn for you, didn't he? Did. He did. Yeah. He sure did. Uh, that two men came up to me after the service one day, and I knew both of these guys. They had both been involved in the local rescue mission, and they were in our church in a program called a New Life Program, hmm. where you get saved uh, off the streets, you're no longer a drug user, and then you get involved in a local church. So I knew them well. And John and Joe, and those were their names, John Wilson and Joe Kumba. <laughs> and they said, Pastor Bruce, we're both uh, HIV positive. We just found out we uh, had to have a test in our program. We didn't know what to do. And it was out of that that came this mis- ministry called He Intends Victory. We started with a support group of, of three people, two former drug addicts and one former homosexual. Oh, boy. And uh, I remember the fellow who's the former homosexual said, these guys aren't going to accept me. And uh, I remember the two drug addicts saying, this this guy's not going to accept us. And suddenly... Off to a great start. (laughs) The guys in the room uh, had everything in common uh, when it came to Jesus. And that's what made the difference. And uh, we had a wonderful time together for numerous years. Uh, Today, our ministry, He Intends Victory, has 176 support groups around Mm -hmm. the world plus many other things. Yeah. As I recall, though, you weren't looking for this at all. Not this, at all. This ministry found you. It did. I, I was glad to be a pastor. I was busy, and I love being a pastor. And I was on the board of directors of this uh, organization, this homeless organization, Rescue Mission. So for me, I was quite content in doing what I was doing. And then this happened, and, and there were two other experiences uh, that happened along the same line that God got my attention. And he showed me that people with HIV— People with AIDS are exactly that. They're people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and most of us, when we're confronted with our mortality, we suddenly open our hearts up to eternity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened with uh, those guys early on. Is as they began to face the fact that they were going to die, they realized all the more they needed Jesus Christ yeah. and that he would give them eternal life. Yeah. 
You started in Southern California. Yes. But you're all over the world now. We are. We're in 22 countries of the world now. Uh, we're in uh, Vietnam as well, Vietnam and India and Nepal, and, and we're in uh, 10 countries of Africa, Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, Ethiopia. We're in uh, South America and <laughs> Paraguay and uh, Central America and Belize, all over, the, all over the place. I try to keep up with you on, with you on Facebook, um, <laughs> but you're, you're faster than Facebook even sometimes. So uh, uh, in an age of Ebola, have yeah. we forgotten about HIV? I think so. Uh, certainly in the Western world we have. Um, I was just in Belize this last week, and as I was speaking to the children, I, we did a lot of HIV education there. I asked the kids, uh, how many here have uh, heard of Ebola? And in every school we spoke in, in every church we spoke in, when I asked that question, everyone raised their hands. Hmm. And they all had heard of Ebola. I explained to them what a virus is and how it gets into the body and what Ebola does to the body. No, Ebola has not come to Belize. No, and that's what I mentioned to them at the end. I said, listen, how, how many people in Belize have Ebola? And they all said, zero. And they're all very proud of that. And I said, but there is a virus that has come to Belize mm -hmm. and has affected 10,000 people. Mm. And it is here that we need to reach out to those infected and affected mm -hmm. by HIV mm -hmm. and AIDS. I know as you travel about and as you minister in Christ's name to those with HIV, AIDS, you've got stories of lives not only healed but redeemed. Yeah. And I want to talk about those today. Well, while I'm speaking on Belize, it was interesting that uh, we received a call from a woman who... Uh, had read one of our books. We have two books, He Intends Victory, the book, and then uh, In His Shadow, which is a devotional for Christians living with HIV. And uh, this woman had read this devotional, had uh, given her life to the Lord. We found out later that she had been an alcoholic. She was in the military. She's a career military woman in the army of Belize, and, uh, but had a problem with drinking, has been HIV positive 10 years, and was distraught. Her life was going nowhere. And she read the book, and her life drastically changed. She gave her life to Jesus, and, and her life changed. And she said, I began to see things in a new way, and I realized God was there with me all along, even when I didn't know him. He was there calling me to him. And she said, if that woman... Joan Yorba Gray, the author of the book, if she ever comes to Belize, I'm going to find her. <laughs> well, she heard that we were in Belize, but we were about three hours away. Really? So she called her commanding officer. She got the day off. She took a bus and hitchhiked all the way to where we were, and uh, we spent the day with her. And it was so, it was like being with a a child who who just found out that Christmas is real. Mm. Uh, mm. She was just so excited, and uh, she shared moment after moment about uh, her new life in the Lord. And then we had to say goodbye. We gave her a hug and sent her back. And uh, she's just thrilled with what Jesus does. That's the kind of thing that I hear all the time uh, with people from all over the world. When you go into a country like Belize, yep. or I know you're in several African countries yep. as well, what are you able to do? What 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 is your goal when you move into a country like that? Well, some of it depends on what the needs are in that country. So uh, where Vietnam, we serve in Vietnam, uh, we're in a hospital there, 
We serve in in the uh, north, in the north, in, in Hanoi, in Hanoi, wow. in Hanoi. We there's a couple of hospitals that we regularly visit every almost every day. People who are HIV positive there go to die, and we have great latitude. The government doesn't harass us; they give us great freedom. And we, uh, our worker there, goes bed to bed, person to person, shares Jesus with them, prays with them, brings in food for them, and has an opportunity to minister to hundreds of people every year. How is it that? We don't think of HIV now. It sort of moved off our, our screen, hasn't it? Yeah, it, we think of it as a chronic disease. And, and really, the CDC and even uh, to an extent the World Health Organization have kind of pushed that. They want to make it less stigmatized. And therefore, if we make it a chronic disease, then people with this disease won't be stigmatized. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that people still are stigmatized all over the world. But in the United States, it's become, well, you take a pill for it. Just take a pill. What they don't realize is the pill has great great side effects. Mm-hmm. The, you have to take the pill. If you don't take the pill every day for the rest of your life, and it may be three or 20 pills a day, uh, it, it will, you'll die. Wow. And so there's still this great problem that we tend to stick our head in the ground and like ostriches and say it's mm-hmm. not here. Um, this is a fact that this last year, 2014, there were as many people infected with HIV in the United States as there were 15 years ago. Hmm. It's just that 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 is really surprising. People are living longer, so we don't hear about it as much. Yeah. And so last year, almost fifty-seven thousand people were infected with HIV. Mm. One point two million people just in the United States are infected with HIV. Mm. All right, take me back to Vietnam. Okay. Uh, You said you call on patients. Uh, Do you work in prevention? How? What? what, What's the total package? There in Vietnam, we we want to reach out to those infected. So that's why we go to the hospital, and we take food. it's, it's true that in Vietnam, you could starve to death in the hospital hmm. because if, if your family does not provide food for you— It's not like here. —you don't get food. The same with medicine. You have to buy the medicine on the spot. So our country director takes in food to all these different people who are HIV positive mm-hmm. and provides for them until they die. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an outreach that we can do, something we can do. Of course, she shares the Lord along the way. Sure. And many of them accept the Lord. You know, if you've been raised in Buddhism, Buddhism is in a religion of suffering. And uh, it's not, there's no hope in Buddhism. Where in Christianity, we have Jesus and mm-hmm. he brings hope. Mm-hmm. So people who are HIV positive, who know they're going to die, when they hear that they have an opportunity to not only be forgiven of any sin they may have, but have eternal life, their hearts open wide. Hmm. Another thing we do in Vietnam is we minister in a prison, a women's prison. Uh, There's about 600 women in the prison, mostly prostitutes and drug addicts. They come into the prison, they're pregnant. What do they do with their baby? They have their baby in the prison. Well, what do they do with their baby then? Either the mother dies of HIV infection or the mother doesn't want the baby. If, and that baby is in, infected as well, And right? the baby's infected. Yeah. So the mother leaves. The, the prison is left with the child. So they have 81 children from the ages of infancy to 18 years of age. And over the years, we've been able to help direct uh, these group of people that care for these children in the prison. And they, today they've got a little village in the prison for 81 children. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is our country director led the warden to the Lord. And she got so excited about Jesus, she wanted the women in the prison to know about the now, Lord. Now, this is in communist-controlled it, it Vietnam. Is. 
It is. And so she invited two other prisons to come together, and there were 3,000 people here sitting in this place, and we brought in leaders of the underground church to do traditional dance and sharing and singing. And at the end of this time, we had an altar call, a 1,000 women gave their hearts to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, then we had to disciple them. So every week we send in a team to go in and disciple 50 at a time through this prison experience. But it's given us great latitude with these children because these children now have an opportunity to know who Jesus is. Stay tuned as we learn more about Bruce Sonnenberg and he intends victory today here on First Person. Next time, you'll meet Larry Poland of Master Media International, who has a passion to reach Hollywood insiders. The power brokers of Hollywood have been an unreached people group, and they just happen to be the most influential unreached people group on the planet. Fell in love with them, decided to make them my object of missionary outreach effort, love them into the kingdom. The author of the book, Chasm, Larry Poland, next time you join us for First Person. My friend Bruce Sonnenberg is with me today. He is the, what, director, president, uh, chief... Uh, bottle washer. Chief bottle washer yeah. for... Uh, he intends victory, a ministry to those with HIV AIDS. Do you find, Bruce, that the church has lost compassion uh, for victims? I think the church uh, has compassion when they know that that it's needed. Uh, whenever I preach in a church on the issue of HIV and AIDS, I talk about... What would Jesus do? And I talk about the leper, the man with leprosy that came and fell at the feet of Jesus. And I always emphasize the fact that, of course, Jesus healed this man. But before he healed him, he touched him. Mm. And that's an important part of this story, that Jesus touched the man first. A lot of times we want people to get healed and then we'll touch them. Mm -hmm. We want them to clean up their act, then we'll help them. And uh, Jesus reached out and touched this man. And, And I think that's what the church is called to do. I think we want to do it. Sometimes we don't know how to do it. We're a little afraid or apprehensive. I've seen the church really open up greatly in the last 25 years. So part of what you do is educate the church. Absolutely. We know that part of what we're called to do is help Christians to see that whatever the disease is, whatever the need is, wherever that person is, Jesus calls us to reach out and touch them with his love and his compassion. Mm -hmm. When I do that sermon, I talk about sympathy, talk about empathy. Sympathy, you know, when I was 10, my mom died very suddenly, and I still remember this big stack of sympathy cards, and they were very touching. But there was one card that caught my attention, and that was a friend of mine who had lost his mom. And uh, he had empathy for me. Mm -hmm. It made such a difference. That one card really spoke to my heart. He knew. He knew. Yeah. But the difference between sympathy and empathy and compassion is that compassion says, I can do something about the situation. So the Bible says Jesus looked at the 5,000 men and women and children who are hungry. He had compassion on them. And he had compassion on them. And so compassion says, I can do something to change the situation. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Jesus wants to show compassion to people with HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. You and I can't give them the medications they need. They're very expensive. But what we can do is touch them. We can reach out and touch them with with understanding and and love and, and encouragement and forgiveness and care. And those are the things that we at He Intends Victory are dedicated to do. And I'm sure as you travel from from country to country, there's various degrees of government involvement here. But the church can do things the government can never do, no matter how good they are. Absolutely. What we found is most of the governments that we have to work with are very favorable to us. 
They're glad that we're there. We're doing something. Well, why else would you be in a country like Vietnam? That's right. They allow you to come in. That's right. And we have great relationship with the government, even though they know we're Christians, even though they know we work with the underground church as well. But they're glad we're there. But you go to countries in like Uganda, uh, and the churches there are very receptive to what we have to share. So we have opportunity to speak in the church and to educate the people of Uganda, the Christians of Uganda, and challenge them to do what Jesus would do. Hmm. So educating the church is a big part of what we're Mm -hmm. called to do. Do you find it hard to get people involved in what you do? And once they realize that they're not going to become HIV positive (laughs) by reaching out and touching that person with HIV, I think that's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. But I think there's still, even in our country, there's a lot of confidentiality issues. Uh, This particular disease has some uh, factors to it that sometimes make it a little more challenging, let's say, than cancer or Mm -hmm. than diabetes or anything else. Yeah. Of course, there's a moral stigma to HIV AIDS. And and in the the case of the victim, I would imagine it's hard for them to get over that sometimes, isn't it, to come to Christ? Yeah, it is. It's sometimes uh, they've been stigmatized by people who call themselves Christians. Okay. And that makes it very difficult. Sometimes they're embarrassed to tell their pastor, listen, I slept with the neighbor and he infected me. Uh, or she infected me. Uh, Sometimes it's hard because if I tell somebody I'm HIV positive and word gets out, I would lose my job Mm -hmm. or my children wouldn't be allowed to go to the same school anymore. So people become very apprehensive about opening up. Mm. And of course, it's our job to help them maintain confidentiality, but it's also our job and our privilege to serve them and to wash their feet. You took us to Vietnam. Take us to Africa, the continent of Africa. I know you work with several countries there, and I think probably some of them are doing a better job than others. But yeah. what's what's working for, for He Intends Victory in Africa? Um, uh, Uganda is probably our largest uh, area of service. You've had uh, presidential and, and uh, first lady support there. Yeah, have we you have. Not? And uh, we've been very blessed to have uh, the leadership of Uganda stand with us on reaching out to people with HIV and AIDS. We do a lot in Uganda, and we're always blessed to serve in any way we can. Um, So we have many, many support groups. I think we have 60 support groups, over 60 support groups. Hmm. And they they teach each other how to help one another. You provide materials, educational materials? We we provide materials, but we also provide leadership in helping them to learn that they can't wait for Americans to send money. They need to learn to care for one another. So a group of women in Uganda in one of our support groups heard that a woman in the next village over, her latrine was full— and that she's HIV positive. She doesn't have the energy to go and she has AIDS. She can't do it. So this group of women who are positive themselves all went over to the next village and dug out her literature mm. to bless her, to demonstrate to her God's love and, and, and care and those types of things. Uh, we have women in Kenya who, uh, and men too who grow extra crops so that they will be able to give food to those who are, are not able to farm because they're so sick. Those types of things are, are taught and encouraged along the way. So we have a lot of different programs and a lot of different opportunities. We have projects in both countries, in all of our countries, really. Uh, we're in Ethiopia. We have a church in Ethiopia. We didn't mean to, but uh, it started with uh, five people in a support group, five women and one man. All of the women were infected by their husbands. Were they ostracized by the— They all had been ostracized by okay. their churches. And uh, they said, well, why don't we start as a church? Why don't we just start meeting? And word got out, and they started sharing the Lord. And then a witch doctor came 
and gave their heart to the Lord. And that changed the atmosphere. Everybody heard about this witch doctor who was a horrible person, uh, gave their heart to the Lord. Then a Muslim came, gave his heart to the Lord. And these are all people affected and infected by HIV. Today we have a church of 600 people there. Tell me more personal stories. I love to hear the stories of people whose lives have been changed. Yeah because of the uh, impact of, uh, of He Intends Victory and other ministries. But talk to me about people. Yeah, I, I think of uh, there's people here in the United States, there's people in Africa and Asia and every continent of the world that have been touched by the love of Jesus. Uh, I think of Dan Davis, uh, who is here in the United States, one of our uh, speakers, HIV-positive speakers. Dan uh, lived a double life. When he was quite young, he was molested and uh, by a family member. And when he was 18, he ventured out and he thought, okay, if I could, he, his, his sexual identity was, he was confused and he wasn't sure. And he wasn't sure if he was a homosexual or not. Or what, And he thought, if I could just get married, that will answer the question. And he got married. And uh, for 27 years, he lived a double life. Mm. And uh, on the weekends, when he could get away or at evening when he could sneak out, he would go live in the gay life. And then in the daytime, he was a husband and a father of three kids. And then he got AIDS and it just wrecked his whole world. He ended up, uh, uh, of course, having to confess to his wife. He thought he'd killed his family because he thought they would all be positive. They ended up uh, testing negative for HIV, which he was so grateful to, to God for. And he cried out to the Lord. And through all of this, he really made a commitment to the Lord. His life changed. His family stayed with him. Um, he heard on the radio an invitation to come to, uh, to, to call our support line, our 1-800-HIV-HOPE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he called and uh, ended up uh, coming to one of our support group meetings. Uh, everybody just gave him a hug and loved him and his wife. And, and today now, almost 20 years later... Today, he's a, a spokesperson for the fact that Jesus changes lives. Marvelous. For 27 years, he lived in this double life. For the last 20 years, he's been totally free and, and liberated. And uh, he calls himself a former homosexual. Mm-hmm. And he is, And but he's got AIDS yet. And so he goes and shares the Lord, and he's excited about Jesus. And that has not changed at all. He's more excited today than ever before. Bruce, every time I see you, you seem to be more energized than the time before <laughs> about this. What, what keeps you motivated like that? Well, Jesus said, I've come to do the will of my Father. He said, that's the food that I eat. I feel the same way. Uh, serving those Facing this particular area of ministry, HIV and AIDS, feeds me. The Lord feeds me. He gets me excited about it. I've seen the faces. When I go to bed at night and I, I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I think, wow, what, am I, what about tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I think of the faces of these women and these children and even these men mm-hmm. who have suddenly found that someone cares, that someone has, says, you have value. You're worth something. You're not worthless. You're valuable. Uh, that gives me energy for the next day. I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about serving those with HIV and AIDS. And along the way, I get to speak to a lot of people who aren't HIV positive as well. So I'm blessed. Well, after listening to Bruce Sonnenberg today, I think we all know a little better why the ministry He Intends Victory is so necessary in the world today. I thank God for Bruce and those who support him in his mission of caring for those infected with HIV, as well as working toward prevention. For more about Bruce and He Intends Victory, please visit our program website, firstpersoninterview.com. We have links there which can connect you with much more information. That's firstpersoninterview.com. Also at the website, you can see the schedule of upcoming guests and topics, 
as well as the complete archive of previous First Person programs. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. And to comment on our program, please use our Facebook page, where you'll find us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Once again, that's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, our guest will be Dr. Larry Poland of Master Media International. We'll talk about crossing the divide between people of faith and Hollywood. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for First Person. First Person.